You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, knuckleheads? This is Matt. Uh, we want to tell you guys how good of a time we're having doing a podcast. It is awesome to be able to just speak freely and talk to you guys in this way. Uh, we love it, and we're not even that good at it yet, but I promise we're going to get better. We're going to have better guests. we got a ton of exciting things coming up in the world of podcasting. Um, our guest today is Logan Kale, and he was a crew member and worker for Emory for back in our heyday and tra- when we traveled almost all the time. So we're really close with him, know a lot about him. He's really been a member of uh, Emory community for a really long time, but he's a lot different than us. Logan is a non-Christian, and he has just tons of different thoughts and opinions than we do. Very, very different. And that's great. So we hope you guys have the same thing, people that are different than you that you actually care about without an agenda. Uh, also, it just has to be mentioned, We our first episode came out last week. We debuted at number 15 on the iTunes charts. We got as high as Joe Rogan and Dave Ramsey and everybody else. So tell everybody you know, please, to keep it up and subscribe to the Bad Christian Podcast on iTunes. Three, two, one, bring it! Hey everybody, this is Bad, Bad, Bad Christian. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. Uh, We want to start out today by letting you guys know and announcing that our new book, Bad Christian Great Savior, is out. It's on Amazon.com. It's doing super well, and we've just started getting reviews back and stuff on it, and we're relieved that we have not been criticized, uh, called heretics, or been banned from the internet, or kicked out of our churches so far. We are relieved about that, but people seem to like the book a lot. Yes, they do. So, what it's have y'all heard about it? It's the number one not bestseller on, on Amazon. Toby actually texted me and said, hey, we are actually number 15 on the religious biography category. Yeah, I mean, which is really hard to get on. It's an elite group of authors and books um, to get in the religious biographies. I mean, I would say in two weeks, we are going to surpass Purpose Driven Life easily. Oh, easy. And any Stephen King book as well. Um, I don't even know. Are we? A, is this book a religious biography? Is that what we're considered? Well, I, I think it is on the on, is. on the sense that if you looked at, I don't know who put that category on it, but if you read it, like the first whole, uh, all the first things in the first chapters is all just personal stories about us, about you know how terrible we are and stuff that we've gotten wrong and are getting wrong. So I think maybe that's kind of autobiographical in a sense. I guess. Yeah, I guess I was just hoping like we would be tougher or something like that like i was thinking bad christian has a picture of jesus on the front and the dark dark color yeah really scary yeah like a thriller, oh, thriller or yeah or a, like a dangerous nonfiction book and then uh and we're just like killing it on religious biographies it sounds really nerdy it just doesn't yeah, it's, a, it's a lot nerdier i was thinking we could yeah maybe we could get sci-fi thriller horror yeah, sci-fi thriller tag on the next one <laughs> yeah yeah uh, this sounds like something my wife would read I want yeah. I want a book that she wouldn't read. But can we please uh, can we please move on? I mean, okay. let's just accept this. Let's accept it. It's done. What's done is done. Well, one thing I would like to talk about is uh, just thanking all the people behind the scenes that uh, kind of been helping us a ton. And um, when you're receiving any bad Christian material, whether it be uh, you know apparel or whether it be our book or whatever um, through the mail. We have a killer um, mail company that has been working for us, and they're actually B&V Enterprises. Uh, Joey, you want to tell them a little bit about them? Yeah, B&V Enterprises uh, was established back in 1971 when my parents got married. Uh, my dad is a civil engineer, retired. My mom is a retired teacher, and they are our shipping company. And let me just say this. 
they're badass. Yeah, they and, really are. I mean, are are we their uh, like uh, first client or what? Um, we yes. would be the first client unless <laughs> you want to consider all the eBaying that my dad has experience with. I mean, let's don't minimize that. What does he sell on eBay? Does he buy oh, and sell man. or what? He he buys like a bunch of sports cards and then we'll resell them. Uh, well, I'll tell you what's crazy is he he like says, "Hey, do you guys have anything you want to sell on eBay? I would love to do it for you." I was like, "Wow, okay." What for a commission? No, no commission. He enjoys shipping. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's always asking people, "Do they have anything like old toys and sports cards so he can get them and sell them All right, to have no. them?" Nope. That's what Seth, our old drummer's dad, always did. He he sold stuff at flea markets and stuff all the time, so he collected antiques and stuff like that. So if you ever went over to his house, he'd say, "Hey, Matt, do you have any toys like maybe <laughs> old toys that are like really." rare that you don't play with or need anymore because he would want to go sell them at the flea market. (laughs) Talk about that. Listen, I knew a guy that through his whole childhood, he had the foresight of buying duplicates of every single toy and kept one in its original package. What what seven-year-old kid actually thinks that sort of thought? Oh, man, I need to buy two Bazooka G.I. Joe figures or two. That wasn't his parents. That was him. He claims it is his, but yeah, good point. Where, what Probably is that guy doing now? What's he like? I don't even well, remember. Little Jeffrey Dahmer. He was a. Uh, he always thought ahead. Uh, well, my wife's mom is that way. Uh, she has a storage unit that she keeps making us go to and help her and get stuff out of with every piece of clothing and every toy that Bridget ever had that she's been keeping for 30 years is in storage. Absolutely every piece. So there's a Teddy Ruxman and every other, oh, Easy Bake Oven and everything from 1984 and 85 that's in there. But none of it's in even reasonably good condition, and we don't want (laughs) any of it. So it's like a scary... Teddy yeah. Ruxpin, like yes, a- exactly. <laughs> and it most, and she goes, "Oh, that needs just a little cleanup. That'll be good. That'll be good." But we don't want all this stuff. But she, I, you know, if you can't, if you think about how much storage units cost, I mean, think about that real quick. To keep something for thirty years in a storage unit in Seattle, in a big unit, she's had yeah. more than one unit. I mean, so she spent honestly tens of thousands of dollars keeping the stuff that we don't want. So what's going on with you guys in Charleston? Well, um. You guys already know about this, but I kind of want to tell some of our listeners. Um, I actually have to go in for surgery um, next Wednesday, and um, you know I th- everything's going to be okay. Um, it's not going to be uh, <laughs> Joey. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I just get choked up every time you talk about this, man. I love you so much. Wait. Okay. Well, in all you. honesty, Joey has gone through this as well, so um it's going to be scary but um it's going to be all right and you know just a lot of praying and i anybody's listening out there i hope you pray too i'm actually gonna um be going under the knife i'm, I'm gonna be having a vasectomy next wednesday oh my I'm, gosh yes I'm, I'm what are the odds i mean what, what's um, your chances of what of living yes yeah, survival actually dangerously low the vasectomies are not as like easy as you think like I think it's one of the number one killers of men, uh, I believe, in the nation right now. Um, but my wife, you know, she does not want to get pregnant again, and so uh, I want to honor that. So I'm going under. But uh, I was, uh, <laughs> I was sitting waiting to talk to the doctor, and they give me this uh, paperwork to read, and I literally started laughing out loud when I read it. I thought if somebody would have showed me this, I I literally would have thought it was a script from a horror film. When when this, I, I mean. I just want to read the first paragraph a little bit here from this, from the, what the doctor wrote. 
It says, I use, I utilize a technique called no scalpel vasectomy, uh, which I was like, oh, cool, man. That means I'm not even going to get cut. This is so great. And it says, uh, the technique, though, was originally developed in China to increase the acceptability of a vasectomy by elimination of fear of an incision. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. This is really great. Um, And then they just go through to talk about all this stuff. And uh, here is how it works. Uh, The procedure is done under a local anesthesia, which he said stings like a terrible bee sting on your scrotum. <laughs> so the first thing you do is you get stung by a bee on your scrotum. And then and then and then here's the here's the old bait and switch. They don't cut you with a scalpel. They use a special instrument that punctures your scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't an care what anybody says. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's the special instrument? It's it, of course it's an ice pick. It's, it's not much different. It's not like oh man, that's great. Oh, you're gonna puncture me with that? Oh wow, the technology. That's everybody knows what a puncture is. It's gonna puncture me like a a hole cutter in a, a piece of paper. Anyway, so they do that. Then they the left and right vaster vas deference vas deference can be brought up through the hole. That means they bring my tubes up and then. <laughs> And then a special, they actually used the word special. Like, this is different than most small ring clamps. <laughs> this is a special small ring clamp that can encircle the vase easily. <laughs> so they have a special <laughs> ring clamp that's going to circle my vase easily. They want us and to, the- like, they want us to, like, picture this golden, shiny <laughs> thing that, like, just reflects the sunlight. <laughs> So essentially what they're doing is they Googled on China how to do a vasectomy with an ice pick and a paper clip. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then that's it. And then a, a, a small titanium surgical clips are placed at each end of the vase, and then a small piece is removed, and then that's it. And then uh, then they close me back up, and there is definite, it said, uh, a, a good chance that uh, the skin of the scrotum and the base of the penis will turn black and blue. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, when I read this, I'm laughing out loud because I was like, if anybody told you that when you were 14 or 15 years old, that one day you would have to do that, you would fear 37. You would fear, what you know what I mean? Whatever age you are when you have a vasectomy, you would fear it. I mean, it, I, it would be, it was a nightmare. And so I just, I've literally been just like laughing because it almost doesn't seem real. Now, as I said before, Joey has had this procedure done. And, and Joey, you were really freaked out by that. No, I, well, I, I really have to was. say, if y'all both had it, I had to give y'all both a lot of credit for being so determined not to bring any life into the world. That's great. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Dude, I, I, me and Priscilla created four human beings, man. I mean, it's just like, what, you want us just to keep popping them out or something? No, no y'all, y'all are courageous. That's my point. <laughs> I, yeah, when I, I leading up to my procedure or even considering it when I thought about anything being clipped down there, it really turned my stomach. So I'll never forget. Um, when I went into the doctor's office, he was telling me about the procedure and everything. He seriously said, all right, you know, go ahead, stand up, drop your pants in your drawers. And, uh, you know, so he's kind of inspecting it like he would at a physical and, and he basically said, okay, you're good. And I sat down and he's like, you know, basically the reason why we do this is because, you know, some patients at that point of what I just did will almost collapse. And I seriously <laughs> told him, I said, doctor, <laughs> I said, I have to tell you that I was very lightheaded. I said, I'm very scared about this. 
is there any way that you can put me under? Which, by the way, my brother was put under. The doctor in Boca Raton, Florida, says he doesn't do any of these without putting under. He said, no, I mean, if we did that, then we'd have to go to the hospital. He's like, you know, basically, it's not going to be that big of a deal. I said, I'm really scared. He said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you a volume. And uh, you take that, and uh, here's your prescription. So my wife just thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. When we went through the CVS uh, drive through automatically my stomach is turning again because I'm thinking about it. So the little lady comes up to the window, and I'm just like, hey, um, she hands me the pres- prescription. I said, hey, is there any special instructions here? Like, I don't want to take one too many or, uh, you know, take them too close to each other. And she's just like, well, sir, there's only one pill there, and you just <laughs> take it an hour before. <laughs> I was really scared. I took it. Basically, they laid me down. They put like a paper sheet over me, cut out a hole down there. And uh, yeah, two bee stings. And uh, all right, but he- here's here's what Priscilla constantly gives me hell about is this really did happen. I was going, <laughs> making these noises. And the doctor seriously stopped what he was doing, looked at me and he said, sir, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm okay. He said, okay, because I haven't done anything yet. (laughs) (laughs) My dad, my dad had it done, and he was like, man, it's nothing. You just go in there. It's not even a big deal. He said, the only thing that's weird, and I don't know what this means. He said, it feels like they just uh, pulled about four feet of string out of me. And I was like, what in the (laughs) world is he talking about? And I actually don't know what he means. I think he, he had, when they, I guess because this was, you know, 20-something years ago. Maybe it was a lot different then. But I'm, I guess I'm assuming that it actually pull the tubes out farther or something. But he thought they were actually – my dad is very Southern. He thought they were tie, just tying off the tubes with, with string. That's what he actually thought. <laughs> anyway, so you guys keep me in your prayers, and hopefully uh, I'm going to make it out alive. I don't know for sure, but um, we'll see. So – Hey, I tell you who's got it really going on is uh, that Mars Hill, West Seattle, with their worship director over there now, Nate. That, he that, is killing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just say that because I played their Christmas party back in December. I just I make that as a joke because Toby was the last person in his job, but uh, Nate Garvey's doing a good job over there. We went, we were over there at uh, in December and did the Christmas party. You did? What did he ask? Did he ask you to come? Yep. Because we did it a couple, you know, a couple of years ago when we did it over yeah. there with with all them. So I went over there and it was uh, it was really awesome. I played with. Uh, all people that I'd never played with before, but they were all super incredible musicians. So we didn't practice at all, and we played like ten songs, and everybody just did it. Off, it's like it's like a jazz gig kind of thing. It was super, super fun. We did the Jingle Bell Rock, you know, yeah, and all kind of stuff like that. So I knew that little lick at the beginning of it, and then they just everybody kind of just jumped in and they did it and just improvised the whole. The whole thing I had a violin and a piano player and a uh, who played violin? It's uh, this guy named Zawadi. He's from Africa. He grew up in the Congo and he uh, goes to Mars Hill now and he plays like every instrument in the world and he's super good. That's cool. Yeah, Nate's awesome. Nate, did you did Nate play as well or no? Nope, Nate didn't play. They okay. Nate actually left to go to the Macklemore concert. <laughs> hey, so people that have read. Uh, Blue Light Jazz and maybe have never uh, been to Mars Hill. They know Mark Driscoll as the cussing pastor. Is it just me or like I've been listening to Driscoll now for at least a decade. Is it just me or has he pretty much tuned all that, toned all that down? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, he's way more careful, you know, with uh, his use of language and stuff like that. But he still says a lot of things that people find pretty obnoxious, you know, and stuff like that. But it's not it's not as vulgar uh, 
not vulgar, but I mean, yeah, he doesn't say cuss words on stage anymore. I don't yeah. think. So what do you think? What do you guys think though about, I mean, we, we hear it all the time. I mean, we hear it all the time. Christians saying guys, I mean, Jesus said to strive for holiness. I mean, how in the world can you think foul language is being holy or how, how in the world can you think maybe a flippant attitude about alcohol and being seen in public drinking is, is holy? I mean, what, what's, I mean, we obviously understand what they're saying. What is their credibility there with what they're saying? You think? Well, I, the the thing that gets me is um, I think that we are all we all have personalities. Uh, everybody on earth, regardless of what you believe, we all have uh, you know somewhat of an identity or a character that we are or ho- uh, adhere to. And and I think the thing that bothers me is I agree we need to. Uh, it, w- when people talk about not cussing or when they talk about not being offensive, I, it, even it, I wouldn't even go so – I don't even want to really get on the topic of cussing as much as just being offensive. But I think the thing that, that gets me is it, it feels like what Jesus was. He was just – it felt like, I mean, a righteous man that never sinned came to earth. That just is completely offensive to people. I mean, it, there's no way you, you could feel – great around him because of your own sin you know now at the same time you felt great because he loved you and he just forgave you but i mean there's no way you could go oh, oh jesus by the way i don't cuss jesus I've, I've never i've never drank a beer in front of somebody so you know i'm actually pretty good too that's that that's what almost it feels like yeah and i think a lot of our listeners are probably thinking heck yeah he was he was perfect so obviously that's offensive but the offensiveness was that he never made mistakes but honestly i don't think that's the full truth i mean he was offensive because he also turned tables, you know, in the temple. He was offensive because he actually said raka, you know, basically, you know, you just don't even say that word. He was a he was offensive because, you know, he used crazy parables and everything. So I you know, I think back in the day, Jesus was probably seen or described as a loose cannon. You know, he needs to be a little more responsible with what he's saying. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. I don't care about not being offensive. It just doesn't. I mean, I don't. I don't think striving to not be offensive is is even useful. I can understand why you don't want to be a jerk and you want to be a lot of things that are commanded to be, but to shoot for not offensive is stupid. I, like for instance, I always say I don't uh, value people being. People always say, "Oh, that person's nice," and I say, "I don't care. That's not a quality I care about in people. If they're nice. <laughs> it's not. I mean, I, I think if you want to really evaluate somebody, you don't give them the benefit of the doubt, and you disc- don't take into consideration whether or not they are nice. And then what you're left with is the person, whether and then you decide whether you like them or not. Because it's too easy to be nice. That's what everybody is. The most passive, boring thing that anybody, if they want to is worried about pleasing people can come across as nice, but there's no meat, there's no content, there's no personality, there's nothing there. So I'd way rather be around an offensive person uh, than I would a nice person who's passive and meek and and offers no reality or anything like that to but the conversation. You re- but you really cannot mean it when you say that you just don't care about offensiveness at all. I mean, if you're if, if you had a close loved one uh, that died and you're at the funeral and someone, you know, Bust in, say, "What's up, mother effers?" Let's yeah, that, party yeah. up. Let me let me qualify and tell you what I mean by that. I'd say that ninety five percent of people, when they talk about something, be offensive. They're talking about secondarily, like viewing that as it as like potentially offensive. Very, very, very few times is somebody actually really offended. They just give us say, an example. Oh. Give us an example. Uh, like uh, if T- if Toby says something that you thought might be racist, then you you would you would say what he said was offensive, 
and you might call them out and you might act all whatever, but you're not necessarily offended by it. As in like if somebody said a racist thing to a person or with intent to hurt them or bust it in a funeral, that's, that's not the majority. We're talking about offensive, like more like what if, but what if somebody thought that was offensive, Matt? That's what it always is. Like, but what if somebody took that wrong? Well, did anybody take it wrong? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's different. That's, you know, so if somebody goes around and they're a little bit of a loose cannon, I enjoy that way more in general. Like, not if they really offend me, but I don't even know. When's the last time I was offended? Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know, even know if I've ever been offended. Well, you know what you know? a lot of people would do is they would quote Paul with the stumbling block thing and just basically say, yeah, you should constantly be aware of who's watching you. But we cannot take that passage to mean that because then that would mean that he's preaching something Jesus did not do because Jesus obviously knew people thought that he was going to be a drunkard and that they were going to think that he was a glutton because of what he was doing and who he was with. And he didn't do it. I mean, you guys like offensive people. Everybody, I would argue, likes people that are offensive better anyway. So if you watch reality TV, you're, they're going to say something offensive on, on there. But will you be offended? No, you'll just say, oh, they said something that I can see might be offensive. And that's why you watch the show and you like it. So that's I don't think that's bad. You know, that's all I'm saying. I think that's entertaining. It's real. If people are honest, then they will offend people because it's impossible not to offend people. So I'm not saying you have intent to hurt people. That's not the case at all. But I'm just saying people that are free and loose, like our guest today, I think, is in that in that uh, camp. He's somebody that. Uh, always says what he thinks, and that's really awesome. And some people don't like him, so that's okay because I don't think everybody needs to like everybody in the world either. I I agree with you. And th- and then the other thing that that really kind of gets me is you have uh and I, and I'll just say it you have Christians that are really aligned with the conservative Republican side of the of the world or in America, and then. So they they would never say a cuss word. They, you know, they oh, I would not do that. But at the same time, they'll they'll say the worst possible things about IRS tax collectors. You know what I mean? Like that Jesus sat with, and I just or think, Obama for it, crying out loud. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that that's my point is Jesus was hanging out with a prostitute. I think uh, one of our posts on our uh, Bad Christian Facebook was, "Have you hung out with a prostitute or a tax collector today?" And uh, I don't think anybody can hardly say that. But everybody's scared T- today. If a Christian is actually with the prostitute if he's not on you know uh it most likely is because he's trying to sleep with her <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean absolutely. like it's, it's definitely not like hey you know what i'm just gonna hang out with this person and see if if they would even be open to hearing about the gospel or something uh you know when people get are with prostitutes it actually is to sleep with them jesus yeah. was actually just trying to care about them and that's what made him so unique and it, and it is offensive it should have been i mean even then when they saw Jesus with a the prostitute, they, they probably said unbelievably terrible things about him. Hey, put it this uh, way. It, you guys have done counseling and met people and and been involved with a lot of people and guys that struggle with stuff like, you know, all kind of stuff, especially sexual stuff. Do, do you guys know more people that hang out with prostitutes or more Christian men that have slept with prostitutes? Which one? Slept with, for sure. Absolutely, me too. And that's not I mean, good. That's awful, but it's the truth. I know more Christian men that have slept with prostitutes than... I do that minister to them or hang out with them or anything like that. Yeah, are you and, talking and, guy, are you talking guys that did that in their past or guys that were Christians and did that? Oh, I'm talking about guys that uh yeah, I mean people that are really blowing it. Where yeah, just how many Christians actually uh you know talk about the gospel with prostitutes or just actually hire them to for a blowjob? You know what I mean like seriously. 
So I, I, I just think when, when we're talking about this, I think people, Christianity, it, it, it's like the, we're getting so silly with what we're going to stand on. You, you know, you have to make sure you don't cuss. Make sure you don't drink in front of somebody because somebody might be an alcoholic. And if they see you drinking, then they're going to go be an alcoholic. But I mean, it, then, but then on the exact opposite side, what if they hear your terribly insensitive, harsh message and walk away from God? You know what I mean? Like, I would it, say, but it's that's okay. I'd because, say there's even a bigger danger than that, and that is, boy, those Christians are boring. And nice and clean, and I'm nothing like that, and I don't like that, and I never want to be that. So I am therefore turned off to Jesus because he must be boring as hell. So, so, so sin to attract people? Is that what you're saying? No, you don't have to sin. I'm just saying, uh, just be right. I mean, you know, I'm just saying that over care and worry about what if, what if, what is this person going to think? That's not gospel. That's not anything. That's just crap, passive, scared, fear of man. And I don't like that either. I really don't like that. I don't think anybody sins to attract somebody. No, nobody does that. That, that is, I don't think that exists. I'm never going to go, hey, you know what? Tonight I'm going to get drunk so I can share the gospel. I wish I didn't have to. yeah, yeah, I know. I don't, I don't want to get drunk, but I'm going to because people need to know about the love of Christ. No, if you get drunk, it's because you're being selfish and messed up and cho- choosing poor things for yourself or for your family. You're doing all those things, and you should still talk about it. That's our point. I, I mean, you should still talk about it openly and not try to hide that thing. The answer isn't don't do that. The answer is you're probably going to at some point, so let's talk about it when you do. And yep. let's try to re- reduce the amount of times that you do it because it is better. Yeah, and that's kind of what do we it. do in our book. The book has some stories like that. And in fact, it does have one story when I talk about uh, a time about a year ago when I got drunk and I was not happy about it at all, but I, I did it. And I, it wasn't for any good reason. It's just It just happened. So that's the kind of stuff that we want to be open about and we're not proud of. And that's what the, the book kind of is. So like I was saying about our guest coming in, our, our guest today is Logan Kale. He's a guy that works Woo! has worked for Emory um, all the way back since 2004 and 2005. And uh, he is the person that I actually have based kind of my theory of being nice around. Uh, Logan is not nice. He's not nice to anybody uh, on purpose. I mean, he's not nice to anybody without just genuinely meaning it. And uh, he says a lot of offensive things to people uh, if he genuinely feels that way. So I have You're this... a mean one. <laughs> so some people think Logan's a real ass, and then everybody that likes Logan thinks he's just great and awesome. So the way I look at uh, what I use Logan for is a barometer, and I say the people that don't like Logan are people that I don't like. That's how I judge whether or not <laughs> wow. I would like somebody. So people that get all upset and think he shouldn't say that and be this way, if, if somebody's like that, that's probably a person that I don't like, whether or not that person likes me or not. That is so kind of really, crazy because really... all, all of our wives, really do like Logan like yeah, I, I say that with and I, was, I mean I was, including Devin's wife I actually walked up on Megan Shelton and Priscilla Spence and talking to Logan and it looked like they were like awestruck I was like whoa what, what is going on here let's calm down why are you smiling so big <laughs> yeah I was thinking the exact same thing I was like Jessica really likes Logan she really does so that's funny because she's you know pretty soft but uh yeah I guess I, I think that's a good way of looking at it Logan is polarizing and the people that look at him negatively, probably I just I'm not gonna they I'm not gonna get along. All right, well anyway. let's bring him in here. Logan, are you on here with us? Yes, I am. All Hello, right, Logan. Uh, how how have you found our podcast so far? Is it awesome? It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> now, no, why, it's, it's why, pretty, thus far why it's been awesome? pretty entertaining. It is entertaining. <laughs> yeah, sort of. <laughs> Thanks, man. What would so, Logan, it, what would make it more entertaining? Well, here's the deal. I can't tell if I'm entertained just because I know you guys 
or if I genuinely think it would be great. Let's look, let's go ahead and introduce Logan to everybody. This is Logan Kale. He lives in Portland, Oregon, and like I said, he worked for Emory in two thousand five. Was it Logan? When was it? Oh gosh, yeah, I think I guess it was probably two thousand five, two thousand five, two thousand six. Tell us how we got hooked up together. Uh, well, I used to tour with a different band, and I think it was one of your guys' first tours. And because you guys were living in Seattle, we just continued the friendship until. Uh, ultimately how I decided to work for you guys or how I got to work for you guys was cause I had kind of freaked out a little bit and moved to Minneapolis just on the spur of the moment. And it was not working out. And you guys just so happened to be playing in Minneapolis. You guys took me aside, said, Hey, you look like you're not in a good place. How about you come on tour with us? He said, sure. And, uh, how drunk were you when we asked you that question? I don't think I was drunk at all. Yes, you were. Remember that night you were so drunk when we asked you to come on tour with us, and you thought you thought you were so drunk that you might be we might be just be messing with you, messing with you. <laughs> I don't. You don't. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Well, that's you why you don't that. remember it. <laughs> we were at Minneapolis at that downtown place there, and we we said, "Go home, get your stuff. You can come with us on tour." And you just thought we weren't even being serious. Well, I didn't. Maybe I didn't think you were being serious, which I don't re- recall that. But I don't remember being really drunk. I mean, there were definitely times while I was employed by Emory that I was way too drunk. Yeah, I want to talk about one in particular in a little oh, bit. God. But <laughs> well, hey, let's let's ba- let's back up a second though, Logan. What did you do for Emory? What was your job? Well, my first job was drum tech, which coincidentally was the first time I'd ever set up drums. <laughs> was my first day of work for Emory. Uh, then I moved over to keyboards. Same thing. Uh, I think I, ultimately I settled into your monitor guy, but pretty much I was basically your hype man. Yeah, hype man. If you've seen us before, you may have seen Logan do our line checks on our microphones and stuff like that. So, Logan, when you said you were in a bad place there in Minneapolis and you freaked out, well, tell us about that. What happened there? Well, let's see. It was I was 25. Um, <clears throat> my family basically broke apart. My dad came out of the closet, so my parents were no longer married. Uh, the girl that I had basically been in love with for like eight years, um, I realized it just wasn't going to happen. And then I got fired from a job or laid off from a job. And I decided if I stayed in Port- Portland any longer, the logical next step would be that I would just die. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? Uh, well, because I mean, de- Logan dying is funny. Yeah, Logan uh, dying would be really funny. <laughs> It, it was really funny, though, that night that we, we met, met up with you in Minneapolis because uh, your friend, I, I don't even remember his name, but he had like that killer nice place in the warehouse district in Minneapolis. And it was yeah. just like, you know, it was a really cool time. And we were just all, Gary was there, my brother. Yeah. And um, it was the thing I remember the most is, we yeah, because we asked you to go with us and you kind of thought we were joking, like we were just messing with you. And we really wanted you to because you really did look like you just were out of sorts. And I mean, it, there wasn't anything going on in Minneapolis. So you were able to pick up and just leave. In fact, oh, your, yeah. your, your roommate wasn't even there. And you were just like, yeah, you just left him a note. I'm not living here anymore. So, <laughs> so but the thing too, I remember is like, like Gary was happy. Everybody was like really happy. And do y'all remember like, we got really crazy that night. We were, remember how it was like unbelievable traffic, all these cars. And we were, you know, how we always used to have dance parties and rock the boat, the bus. And, uh, do y'all remember Gary got hot dog wieners and put them hanging out of his, his zipper of his pants and yeah. was walking through the, 
walking through all the cars, the cars and, and the crowds just going to the bars and stuff with a, a giant, it was like a Polish sausage or something, hanging out the front of his pants. And then we just took Logan with us and that was it. So that, that was a crazy night for sure. And so then you lived with us on the tour bus when we were touring a couple hundred days a year for the next few years, huh? Yeah, that's, that's about right. I, so uh, do you think we're right about that, that a lot of people uh, think you're an asshole? Is that true, what I said about you? Yeah, I would. I mean, like, I've always described myself as a lovable asshole. Okay, I but agree I, with that. But I think you are kind of polarizing. Like, for example, you have <laughs> the most fight, getting into actual physical fight stories of anybody I've ever met, like – Dude, somehow that, that stuff is drawn to you. And I, and I actually think it's because you jokingly smart off or just you speak your mind. But I don't think you're necessarily looking, hey, I'm going to get in a fight. But, I mean, out of all the dudes I've ever met, nobody's been in more fights than you probably. Well, I would say that it is due to the fact that so many people try to posture. And, yeah, I do say things that sometimes people don't like. But I also have no qualms with – uh, doing something like that to somebody if I feel like they deserve it. Like yeah. you, you mean punching them in the face? Yeah. You beat the shit out of somebody if they deserve it. Yeah. Well, well you're, and, but you're older now. Have you got, because uh, I haven't heard any fight stories in a long time. Have you been out of the game of fighting for a while now because you're older, more mature, or what? Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. There, I, I, I had a conversation with someone about this not too long ago where I still would have no problem doing it. It's just <laughs> that. It would take more, and the older I get, it, the more it would take for me to actually do that. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, would you be worried that now you're older, a little slower, your your reaction time is worse? Like you might get oh, your no, ass I have, kicked. I have old man strength now. Oh, old man funny. strength is nothing to scoff at. I mean, I would just like it's done. The last time that it happened, it was actually me getting jumped outside of a bar, and I just demolished. <laughs> two guys maybe three i don't remember because i was pretty drunk i remember hitting two guys that went down but the third guy i could have had help with so logan uh what you just just and this is not for the record officially but just more background character on you so you are not a christian correct no what is your experience with christianity uh well i grew up uh, i was raised catholic i went to the university of oregon was actually the first public school I had ever been to. I went to private Catholic schools my whole life. So I definitely did have a healthy dose of Bible studies and whatnot. And then I just, when I stopped having to go to church, I just kind of stopped doing it. So you never bought into it at all? Just You always thought it was just, doesn't, just not true, essentially not true. I mean, I find it very interesting. I've, it's always been something that has interested me, but no, I don't, I've never bought into it. So you don't think that we're just clowns for believing it then, or what? Well, I mean, that's tough. I Kind of. Maybe not clowns, <laughs> but like misguided. I think yeah. that it's just an easy... I mean, people wanted to feel like their lives mattered, and so yep. they invented this heaven. But when you die, I firmly believe that's it. You won't know that you, whether or not you're in heaven or hell heaven or hell because you are dead it just the light goes out so you're gonna sit there and tell me when you see a painting you don't think there was an artist that painted it <laughs> is that what you're gonna say i'm just joking i took the kirk cameron stance when they talked to oh did he atheists. say that 
Yeah, the watch what, must have a watchmaker argument. Did, did y'all, yeah, did y'all, did y'all never, well, ever hear yeah, that? You should, I mean, you, you should YouTube that. That's really funny. Yeah, Kirk Cameron. I guess I w- I'll have to. But no, I believe that at one something started at this whole thing, but I believe that something is long gone. So it died. Probably, probably now, alien. Now, how uh, long gone <laughs> as in like deceased or not with us? It's a not dead alien. Us. Moved on. I mean, okay, gotcha. you know, started whatever, whether it be Big Bang, whatever theory that you believe. I believe that something started everything. There's like this crazy being that had ADD. Something. Yeah. Yeah, it's a super attention yeah. deficit creator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is going to be so, uh, screw it, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. It's off someplace else making some other thing. Yeah. Well, so how, I mean, has it been weird uh, being with us in such tight quarters, being Christian? How's, how has that been? Has that been weird or what? No, I mean, I think that people are free to believe what they want. I'm not going to, unless, unless you are trying to push me into something, then I'm fine with what you believe. I don't care. Hey, one night when you were asleep in the bunk, we actually baptized you. So sorry. <laughs> well, I've actually, I'm, I, w- I was baptized. You were sprinkled, right? What? You were sprinkled. You weren't like dunked. I don't know. I was a baby. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Catholics sprinkle with water. We actually dunked you and held you under for quite a while. Um, I see. So just to get you in heaven, but you no, almost we almost you almost died, which would have been okay because you would have gone straight to heaven, right? Well, so it, we knew it would work out. Well, just you know, I I will say that I remember when we first met way back then, and you guys were you guys were still pretty green. I mean, you guys were definitely what we viewed as preaching on stage, and it was it. I would say that it made it made me a little bit uncomfortable. You know, I thought, whatever. What do you remember us doing on stage? Just like, you know, talking about Jesus and whatnot. Yeah, it was a kind of a no-no, I guess. It's just weird. I mean, I think that it's, I think it's off-putting myself. I think that, I don't know, I've, I've never been one to push my own beliefs on, on somebody. And I know that that's not necessarily what you were doing. And in fact, I know it's not what you're doing because you, you guys actually would say stuff like, you know, we think you should believe whatever you want, but we personally believe Blah blah. Now, yeah, Logan, like, let me ask you when this: When the money it, started rolling in, we quit talking about the Lord. Yeah. Let me Go ask ahead, you this, Logan: With sure. uh, there's like a um, a belief system around here, not like amongst the church people. They would say, "Wait a second, now, if you really do believe what you believe about hell and eternity and stuff, you're actually being unloving by not borderline pushing it on people. That's the most loving thing you could possibly do." Do you feel like if if we if we truly believed you are going to hell if you don't accept Christ, do you feel we're mean for not telling you that? Or would you say, uh, well, how would you respond to that? I think that people should be left to make their own mistakes. If if you do believe that this is real, but I don't, well, that's my thing. I will suffer. And we shouldn't for it. feel bad for you for not telling you the inside information that we happen to have. Absolutely, that's not. on you. I mean, are you guys annoyed when, let's say, Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door to discuss? I mean, is that annoying to you? It depends on annoying, my personality, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's annoying. I understand what they're doing, but at the same time, I think to more clearly even state what Joy's saying. If we knew today that you know a friend of yours was going to be kidnapped. Would you want us to tell you that? Or like if you were going to, uh, you know, somebody was going to try to kill you today, you'd want us to tell you, right? If we knew that. that's well, all. That, I mean, yeah, but it, this is, it's different. 
What's well, the only difference? Yeah. I'd say it's even I'd say it's even more extreme. Like if we believe that when you die, you're gonna go to one out of two places forever and ever and ever, I would say it's more of an extreme issue. And and actually I'm getting this argument from uh, an atheist. I forgot his name, but he wrote an article on this. He was just like, Man, when Christians actually try to push Jesus on them, he says, I actually think highly of them because if you guys really do believe this crap that you're preaching, then you better be telling people whether we believe it or not. I mean, I can, I, I see your point, but I also think that your belief is theoretical. Logan's just saying, since it's not true, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah gotcha. Yeah. Which yeah, is gotcha. fine. I so do, what, I mean, go ahead. I remember, I remember when we still didn't know each other that well, though, the first time when I, I mean, cause I always, I definitely enjoyed hanging out with you guys. I thought you were fun, but you know, I thought you guys were kind of nerds because you you know didn't curse and stuff like that. I remember the first time though that I ever heard one of you curse. I was just I was blown away. It was months into our friendship too, and that's when I realized that we could actually be friends. <laughs> so it was. So you think we probably were being overly protective of our image and what we came across like at that time? Like we didn't. We just made sure not for people to hear us cuss or something? I guess. I'm not really yeah. sure what it is. I, I, But maybe I thought that you actually didn't. That you yeah. were just so, I don't know, sheltered or or something. Like you were just so into God that you didn't curse. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so yeah, Toby God. Toby had gotten a, this big flashlight over at Andy and Bax, the, the Army Surplus store near the venue put it yeah. under his chin and said, welcome to hell, motherfucker. <laughs> and I realized, wow, okay, me and Toby, you're pals. <laughs> so, so would you say, in essence, then, that Toby, using that language, broke down walls between you and him when it came to y'all's friendship? Is Absolutely. that what you're saying? Absolutely. Wow. Toby, was that your intent at that time? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to spread the gospel, share the gospel with Logan when I said that. <laughs> I don't, Tell me what he did, Logan. He bought a flashlight and did what with it? Bought a flashlight, put it under his chin, turned it on so, you know, his face, his features were distorted. Said, welcome to hell, motherfucker. <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh, the good old days. The good old days. I, well, I mean, I think we've always kind of cussed and drank. I, 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 but I think you're right now that you talk about that I, I guess probably we were more guarded back then and, and i think maybe that's a maturing thing like you're kind of saying like we we got older and, and probably a little bit more confident in who we were and what we actually believe because i think christians actually fall into that trap of oh yeah if i don't do this this and this and at least you'll know i'm a christian but i mean that that from what you're saying logan it sounds like that even would turn you off like if if somebody's super clean, then you don't even have anything in common with them at all. Yeah. Let me What's give a pointer point? out there to uh, all the the people, which I'm not calling you guys immature, but you may be younger. If you think that you're, the people that you look up to aren't regular people or they don't drink or cuss and stuff like that, I, I would wager to say most of your uh, people that you look up to, pastors and leaders and stuff like that, are mostly being careful around you. And when you mature a little bit more and are older, you might come to see it a little bit of a different way. You most likely will loosen up. So I don't mean that to sound condescending, but we tend to always be a little bit more careful around people than I think we need to be. So I think that's the case. Yeah. If you don't, I mean, if, if you're really conscious all the time about 
uh, not drinking or not cussing, then I bet also most of your friends are just Christians anyway. And we're definitely not promoting, hey, make sure you go out tonight and pound seven beers and, and say as many cuss words as you can. But at the same time, if you're not doing it just because your Christian friends are looking at you, that's a little scary for sure. Yeah, because it's just it's not honest. I mean, there's no yeah. honesty there. I think is what you're Logan. Have you read uh, Bad Christian, Great Savior book? Uh, no, not yet. I, I mean, I definitely remember reading that you guys did it, but I haven't had a chance to do that yet. I'm like, very interested and, in reading it. Okay, yeah, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, it, it is pretty entertaining. There's probably some stories in there that you haven't heard yet, for sure. Oh yeah, I love well, the stories from the old days. So I want to hear one of the stories about Logan that Toby was about to tell. Well, I. The, when he got his tax return? Oh, Yes, my that's the greatest story of Logan. <laughs> to me, it's, well, I, I don't know if it's the greatest story, but it's one of the best ones. We were in, uh, was it, what was it, Tallahassee? Gainesville. No, Gainesville. Gainesville, yeah. Ga- Gainesville. You want to tell the story, Logan? You no, might. I don't. <laughs> Matt, maybe Matt might do it more justice than okay. me, but. All I remember is that Logan got his tax return, which from some job he had had, which was some whopping amount, like $180, I think no, it was. No, it was, it was yeah. like 400 bucks. <laughs> and uh and so he was like all right well i'm gonna buy some drinks so drinks are on me and and yeah just whoever because it drinks are real cheap in gainesville or at least at this bar and so logan every time somebody would want a drink logan's like hey no that's on me and he'd point to himself and he got <laughs> he got to really enjoying that putting the drinks on him and pointing to himself thing he was like the scene in dumb and dumber where uh, the, with Seabass and the fellas, where he'd point to himself, no matter what, if somebody yelled Logan, he'd point to his head and say, <laughs> p- put the drink on him, and then he ruined his whole... First of all, he got super wasted and then lost his, spent his whole tax return on it's drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, who was the girl that you... Did you slap her? No, of course he not. he pushed the girl in the face. He pushed, you pushed her, her. pushed her. I don't you pushed a girl. That. Yes, you it do. Was, it was Seth Amberlin's tour manager's girlfriend or something. Yeah. You no. pushed her. Yeah, yeah. You, you were saying something to her, and she kind of was a little rude to you, and you pushed her. You pushed her. Oh, and see, said, the, the story that I remember that you guys told me was that I ended up shoving a girl because I was trying to make out with her, and she wouldn't. No, it wasn't that. You well, may that have done that a different time. so much better. That's, <laughs> I think you've probably done that before, too. No, no, no. no. But, I yeah, don't... that's what I thought. So I thought I was a monster. But now I'm I'm glad that I just shoved some girl for being obnoxious. I, I think you were you she you were just you were talking to her and you were completely blitzed. And I think you might have said something rude about her appearance. And I won't go into details, but uh and then she got mad smart with you and then you just shoved her. And then where I think that was, I think that was it. We just took you to the bus and you passed out. But then but then the next morning you had I think you had a pretty bad hangover and you're like I spent my whole tax return last night. And you were so happy about it because you were happy to have extra money and it was completely gone. Yeah, that wasn't one of my brighter days. But at least I wasn't like our other friend who got really drunk on the tour bus and barfed all over himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Who was that? And then slept in his barf and when he woke up did not change his clothes immediately. Yeah, we're talking about uh, Joel Green. Yeah, <laughs> Joel Green. He, Joel got super slaughtered and same puked, night though. Yeah, vomited on his pants, and then the next day he just put them back on and was walking around, and everybody smelled vomit. And we were like, Joel, 
uh, your pants kind of stink. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, they kind of do. No, no, he, that was all he said. He said, uh, well, what do you want me to do? It's my last clean pair. <laughs> <laughs> As if the dirty pair that was in his sack was was not cleaner than the vomit ones. <laughs> <laughs> so then we actually we actually had to have like an intervention and force Joel to take them off and wear different pants. Cause, I mean, his pants smelled like vomit, dried vomit. It was terrible. Hopefully, <laughs> we need to get. Him. I wish you could call in right now and tell us some of that story too. But yeah, okay. So Logan, do you want to s- stick around with us and answer some questions from our fans? Yeah, sure. Or from our listeners, I should say. Absolutely, you, that sounds you can, fun. You can weigh on these too, but they'll mostly be from a Christian point of view. So you can offer whatever opinion you have for these clowns that believe in Jesus. Okay. Hey, bef- before we go into that, Logan, let me ask you a question that you probably have already been asked at some point, but a short answer to this question, what would it take for you to believe in what we believe in? Nothing. I mean, I'm so no- pretty set. I'm pretty set in my belief. So like if, if Jesus appeared to you and like disappeared and reappeared and disappeared and then like turned your uh, cereal into like little mice and they ran all over the table and, and he said, Hey, in a second, it's going to be pitch black and you're not going to see anything. And then it happened. And then he said, okay, now that I have your attention, you would be like, huh, whatever. I wouldn't, I mean, I just don't think, about think, it. I would think it was, I, I would believe that it was a ghost before I would believe it was Jesus. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right, go ahead, Matt. Okay. So <laughs> great segue. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this is from, Alex Berrios, 23, in Miami. He says, what's the best way we as individuals can serve the church? Logan? (laughs) (laughs) I would say the best way is to not be an asshole. I mean, I think that so many people use the fact that they're Christian or believe in certain things basically as an excuse to be a terrible person. I think most people, I'm serious. Most people. No, I agree. I'm laughing in agreement. Most people that I meet that are just super Christian do terrible things, basically in the name of Christianity, even, which is awful. Can you give me a couple examples? Yeah, I I worked for a couple, this mom and pop company that I used to be a delivery driver for. I mean, they they went to church maybe four times a week, but they lied, cheated, and stole as much as possible in their business. Yet yep. they went to church every day, and so they were good people. Gotcha. Yep. All right, next question. I feel <clears throat> guilty. I don't want to be led astray by non-Christian friends, but some of my Christian friends are boring. What should I do? Logan? Be a, be a real person. Believe, <laughs> if you believe what you want, then who cares? I think that's, yeah, just quit being weak. Yeah, I, I would say what's going on here that's <laughs> quit being weak is yeah. is the answer. Yeah. I think what's weird here is that this person is saying he feels guilty and he doesn't want to be led astray by non-Christians, but that sounds to me like somebody else is telling him that because you don't feel that's not something you feel guilty about unless somebody told you it's wrong to do. And then based on that fear, he's saying, "Well, but if I did hang out with these people I want to hang out with, I must I'm going to be led astray." So should I not do that? But my Christian friends are boring. So I'd say what Logan's advice is there is actually kind of right. But let's start this way. Let's don't be a boring Christian friend. 
let's be a let's start by being a Christian friend who is fun and entertaining, and then maybe your friends will open up too. Is would be my advice to you, and they yeah. won't be so boring. And bring this conversation up to your Christian friends. Tell them, hey yeah. man, I, I think you are boring. I yeah. mean, and and maybe they'll say the same thing to you, and then yeah, like Matt said, it'll be way better. Also, it's fine to hang out with non-Christians. They're okay. I mean, you know, you might have to be careful in this area or that. Don't go to the strip club with them. But I say hang out with non-Christians. Yeah, and I would also say you need to you need to keep trying to find uh, Christian friends that you don't think are boring or suck it up. Maybe you're being too picky, but he does need some people to hang out with that believe. Now, Logan, we have uh, or we uh, Toby and Matt have some Emory fans that are disgusted with uh, this bad Christian thing. They're just like, just stick to music. We don't want to hear this religious bullshit and all that sort of thing. Would you side with them? Like, would you say, yeah, I understand. Uh, Well, what what they're saying is we just love your music. We don't. And would you say that it's uh, almost the same as saying we don't care about you guys as people? I don't think it's the same, but I also think that's a. it's an argument that doesn't hold any water just because if you don't like it, then don't tune into that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. That's it's, Oh, that's like, I mean, being angry that you're watching a TV show that you don't like, just don't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to use that. I hate the mini project. I'm not going to watch it every week Yeah, and be angry that I'm watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next question from Daniel Dopp, and this is for Logan. How do you or I discuss the Bible's stance on homosexuality as a sin with non-Christians without sounding like arrogant, narrow-minded douches? I think the answer is you can't. (laughs) You just will sound like that. I mean, I think that current events are kind of interesting these days with the Pope basically saying, well, it's not that cool, but, you know, if you're a good person, that's cool. Basically. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but... The Pope is now saying he doesn't see, have much of a problem with homosexuality. He's the leader of the Catholic Church. I, are so, you sure? So I think he says the opposite of that. No, he's cool. Really? He, I mean, he's, he's been teaching compassion. Yeah, 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 compassion. But I, I don't think that means he thinks that homosexuality well, I'm is— not, he, He's definitely not going out and saying, get gay. <laughs> but he's not—basically, he's saying there's bigger things to worry about. With your dad being out of the closet, is that an issue that's super sensitive to you? Like if somebody has a different point of view on that? Um, I think it. when it first happened, it definitely did. I mean, I definitely, well, to go back to it, I definitely hit several people in the face for saying uncool things. But I don't, I mean, it's just one of the, it's, you know, I've gotten older now. It's, I don't care what someone else's opinion. I think it's wrong. And just, I'm not going to get angry with somebody because they believe something crazy. Yeah. Do you and your dad have a great relationship? Uh, no, we are. We no longer have a relationship. Let me ask you this. So, what if, uh, what if a Christian took the stance of, um, you know, dude, I just look. I I don't want this to be true, but I believe the whole Bible, and I can't pick and choose what I want to believe and what I don't want to believe. I'm not trying to condemn you. It's just, but does that uh, lower the, uh, I guess, aggressiveness of the whole scenario? Well, I would say, yeah, I think that if, I mean, you know, you're free to believe what you want, but I think that some people will pronounce that much more hatefully than other people. There, there was that one, 
creature who left a tip or did not leave a tip and she said it's because she didn't agree with the lady's lifestyle. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. That's awful. I mean, it's not for you to tell somebody that they're wrong. I mean, if I mean, if this whole God thing is real, then let God decide. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's a good answer, Logan. All right, last question. What advice would you give to a man who's been a Christian his whole life, was burned while being a pastor, and is now rebuilding his faith and returning to church? I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure exactly what he's asking. Is he saying that it's hard to do so, or what? He's saying that he was burned while being a pastor. I assume that's not, he wasn't burned at the stake or anything, but he was just burnt by the church and maybe is no longer a pastor and is wanting to rebuild his faith and return to church. I think, first of all, realizing that you are rejoining something that is very much so flawed, and that is the reason why he was burned from the church in the first place. And when he joins the church again, he may end up burning someone else. So uh, I think seeing the church for what it is, for one. I think, too, yeah, he's going to get burned again. I don't, I don't know anybody that thinks Christianity ain't going to burn you. It will. I mean, being in community <laughs> with people, sharing your lives with people, it doesn't matter. Or, or Christian or non-Christian, it, people, I mean, are sinful, and people will do you wrong. Even if their intent isn't, they'll, they'll fail you. So I don't think we should be shocked or really that hurt by it. Like it, I, I know that people are burned by the church. I know that people are like, man, I won't go back there, but all I can say is I just think you're looking at the people and not God, and you got to start with God. Is God good? Okay, I'll start there. Let me let me let me figure out everything else after that. But don't start with uh, Christians suck, so that must mean God sucks. No, God God's probably awesome. Nobody complains about you know uh, the the great things, a beautiful sun, a sunrise or sunset, or being able to breathe oxygen or all this stuff that you know God created. So we're all we focus on is people and them being bad. So that must mean God's bad. But nah, but then also everybody wants to argue for their individualism and their own identity and all this stuff as well. So it's just it's just this big circular thing that goes around where people go, oh, man, people hurt me, so i got to put up some walls. And that's just that's really dangerous. I mean, you are going to get hurt, and so I would expect that again. I'm, I'm really glad he's going back to church. I'm really glad that he's you know kind of recommitting to God, and, and God kept pursuing him for sure. But, I mean, at the same time, you got to let take yourself a little less seriously and go, I'm going to get burned. Okay, I'll get burned. I mean, they crucified Jesus. So that I'd getting burned by a church or people isn't that bad. Yeah. Is it, right. it Matt? Is it important for him to rejoin? Yes. Is it? Yeah. Of course it is. I mean, it's. I mean, the, I don't really think there's a join and not join. I mean, if you he are is, a Christian, right. if you if you he says he is. Yeah. I'm saying if you are a Christian, you are part of the church. Right. So it doesn't. I mean, there's no such thing as being out of that. If you're out of community, that's an aspect of the church that you're part of, and that's just more. Uh, that's just not good for you, and you're not doing what you're called to do, and it's you're going to be more isolation over the long run. That's going to hurt you anyway. So uh, you are part of the church, and you may be being ineffective or uninvolved part of the church, but you're always part of the church. So, um, Logan, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, I have one quick question for Joey. Yes. Um, so going back to your you've gotten a vas- vasectomy, um, a friend of mine recently got one, and now – no longer finds the joy or humor in uh, one of my favorite YouTube searches, which is yeah. people getting hit in the balls. How do you feel? <laughs> is that is it too painful? It's too painful for him to watch. He, I, no, he no longer likes ball uh, smash jokes. Yeah, he can't. Ouch, he, my balls. 
Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess honestly, it. I was like that before and after that. I just can't I can't stomach that sort of thing. It's just I don't know. Wow. Now, Toby, I know that you enjoy it. Are you prepared to give that humor up? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, literally, when I was reading, I think you heard that before. When I was reading yeah. the procedure details, I was really laughing out loud in the doctor's. I mean, it's shocking. He ain't afraid. No, I'm not really afraid. I just I think it's going to suck. But I'm I yeah I love those videos too. So I I have to watch those. I, I mean, AFV you, stuff is just the best. Yeah. Hey, did just for know, the record though, the 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 black thing did happen. Your it balls did? and wiener turned black and blue. Yes. Absolutely. Oh my god. Oh my god. It now it did now look nightmarish. Like like I actually uh, you know. At, at a certain stage, I showed my wife, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, is, is that supposed to be?" She just started I mean, vomiting. Everywhere. Oh, it's horrible, and it looks horrible. All right, Logan, uh, this is your last chance to accept Jesus Christ on the podcast. What do you say? Pass. Pass still. Yeah, I'm good. All right. You, We're doing do you, the best do we you can. trust us as people? Absolutely. Well, you should take that in consideration when you think about the Lord. You know, I'll tell you. Um, because both of you, know, or I don't think Joey knows, but I think you and Toby and Matt both know that uh, that my mom is ill with Alzheimer's. Yeah. And she recently, for some reason, it got into her head that she wanted to go to church. So I took her to church this weekend. And I feel like that just really made me all the more certain that I'm, I'm cool. Well, Logan, we're going to go on tour here in January. You want to come with us again? No, I'm good. I have a, I'm okay. But I What's can't you? wait to see you guys. You're going to see us in Portland at least, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be in Portland on January the 25th. Um, we're going to be doing the Week's End, 10, 10th anniversary of the Week's End coming out, and Devin's going to be on that, so you get to see Devin again oh, too. That's great. Because you had not seen Devin in a long time, right? Uh, not since your wedding. Wow. That's been almost four, not nah, three years, four years now. Yeah. Yeah. And so. and Logan, just for the record, I do have video footage of you sitting between Devin's wife and my wife, and they're laughing historically, uh, historically, historically, <laughs> hysterically with gigantic smiles on their faces. And I walk up, I'm like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And your 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 whole countenance does change immediately because I think that you probably thought I was a little serious at first. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. Toby, do you remember the most offensive thing that your wife has probably ever said was no. directed towards me? <laughs> what, what was it? it? But she did not mean it as offensive as it sounded. Uh, do you remember when she told me I looked like a pretty cool guy from the neck down? <laughs> <laughs> and what then was realized, she just saying? You had a good suit on or something? No, I wore cool clothes and I have tattoos and stuff. Yeah, I, I guess. I, she, she didn't mean it to mean his face looked bad, but I think she just meant that his, you know, he was a cool looking dude, like his clothes and his tattoos and stuff. He was like a really cool dude. So, yeah. From the neck down, I agree. Yeah, maybe our, from the, maybe you like the waist down, but yeah. Yeah, our wives love Logan. I mean, my wife would love to hang out with Logan. She she thinks he's one of the coolest dudes she's ever met. So, yeah. Anyway. Too. All right. Well, Logan, thank you for being on the podcast. We enjoyed yeah. having you on here and your point of view. We value it. We love you. And we will pray for you and your mom, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Yep. And your dad. I definitely, uh, I definitely enjoyed this. I think that it would be something I'd probably listen to. 
All right, then. You Thanks, can tell man. your friends about it. It'll be online shortly. Cool. So, uh, yeah, so we have the tour coming up. We want to tell you guys again about the book. Uh, we also have Bad Christian T-shirts that are for sale. They're fun to wear. You can wear them to church, and people ask you questions, and that'll be your segue. Uh, we also uh, want you guys to know that we are going to be doing house shows, that we're going to be doing living room tours, and we probably will be doing this podcast live. And if you want any information about any of those things or want to bring us to a place to speak or teach or talk or do anything, you can do that through our website, badchristian.com, which is just launched. So check out that site. Uh, and that's about it. Well, Let's thank go- you, Logan, for being here. Thank you, all you Bad Christian listeners. We'll be back soon. All right, have a good one. We're out. Bye-bye. <laughs>